Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. Good afternoon, everyone. Today is Wednesday, February 22nd, and the uh, market just closed. So I want to do a quick update. It's going to be a very quick one tonight. Just a few things to cover. I want to show you what the market did today and talk a little bit about where it might be headed. Um, let me share my screen and we can jump right into it. First off, if anyone's interested in getting my newsletter, just send me a note to breakpointtrading at gmail.com and I'd be happy to add you to it and I'll send you last week's. This is a sample of what last week's looked like. Um, I am going to concentrate on the next newsletter. I'm going to focus this weekend on dividend stocks. And I've, uh, I mentioned that on Sunday and I had quite a few people um, send me notes with their own ideas around that. So there's a couple of, there's probably three or four different ways to look at dividend stocks. So I'm going to try to cover all of that, but that'll be this weekend. That won't be for today. For today, let's talk about where the market has, uh, what it's done for the last couple of days this week. First off, I want to remind everyone of what February typically looks like. This is from Stock Traders Almanac going back 21 years. On average, this is what February's have done. It doesn't mean it has to do it again, certainly, but on average, this is the, the aggregate of what it's done over the last 21 years. Right now, we just closed right here. So we'll be here tomorrow, the next day on the 16th trading day or the 23rd of February. And you can see for February, the market trends downward, typically. Now, one important uh, point historically is that the, usually the Monday after options expiration, in this case, it's Tuesday because the market was closed Monday. It's usually the worst day of the whole year. And we had an awful day yesterday, as everyone probably knows. But that's standard that it doesn't, of course, it doesn't happen all the time. But in general, that's usually the worst day of the year, the day after options expiration. And sometimes it continues the same direction for a few days afterwards. So we'll see what happens. But there are some technical issues with the market right now that uh, are rather concerning. So let me jump over to the charts. And then I want to come back to something if I have time. Um, I did read some of the YouTube comments, and there were some interesting ones and some things that um, one, a couple of folks said that I want to focus on. But let's take a look at... First of all, how we ended today. These are all the sectors. The S&P is right here, a little bit below center. You can see everything was negative today. The ones that outperformed, however, were all the defensive sectors. Consumer staples, energy, healthcare, materials, real estate. The ones that underperformed are the aggressive sectors, the ones that typically are growth areas. So that's not good for the market. We would like to see these growth 
sectors lead. The ones at the bottom are consumer discretionary and technology. We And then cons, uh, communications, which is where the internet stocks are, also down here at the bottom. If we look at this on a weekly basis, it's pretty similar. The only one that's eked out any kind of gain at all is consumer staples, which is one of the most defensive areas, but everything else for the week is negative. Now, if we look at this side by side, we can kind of see what the, uh, what the sense of the market looks like right now. The first three up here is the NASDAQ, the S&P, and the Dow. And you can see, in fact, every single one of these, all of these have lost their 20-day moving average. That's the blue line. So all of these are trading below their 20-day moving average. That's the reversion to the mean, basically. So it's come back to, after going up, it's come back, and now it's dropped below it, which often happens and often overcorrects. But if we look at the NASDAQ, NASDAQ 100, it's right at 12,000. It's right at a very important support line right there. If we look at the S&P, it's right on its 50-day moving average another really important support line. And then the Dow is not quite, but just above its support lines as well at 33,000. So everything is sitting right at the point where if it, uh, the, the bears look like they're in control and they could very easily push it lower. I'll look at some other things that might indicate we probably are going a little bit lower <clears throat> in the short term. I just showed you the February chart, the March chart, I don't have yet, but I, I probably have it uh, maybe by this weekend. That one usually doesn't look too good either. Um, we probably are going to continue trading down or sideways into March until the next CPI report, which I mentioned on Sunday. I, I think it's actually going to be a better than expected report, and that might help the market start to take off. So we'll see. But right now, things don't look too, too great. Um, this is the S&P. <clears throat> with the Keltner channels. I've showed this before. What I mentioned is that when it gets to the extremes, this third level, and down here is the third level, when it gets to the extremes, it usually does not stay there very long and usually reverts to the mean. It comes back to this blue line, which is the 21-day moving average. So it did this here in the beginning of February, started to trading back down and dropped through that center line. And now it's at the second, um, 2x, the average true range, the average range that typically trades in during one day, is at two times that right now. Um, to get to three times would put us right at the 200-day moving average, which is at 39.40 right now. And I would not be surprised if we don't go down to that area. So I wouldn't be surprised if we don't continue down and hit that area around 39.50, 39.40. Now, one interesting point, even though these last three days have been significant down, in fact, four days have been significant down days. If you look at the volume, the volume is below average. So it's, but it's creeping up. So that's kind of a good thing that the market isn't, isn't going down with a lot of conviction. So what, what this is, what this whole thing is telling me is that Big institutions are taking advantage of this and starting to accumulate shares as the market sells off and retail traders get out of their positions. Um, market makers 
are usually building positions for very large clients and then they can't do that very quickly. They can't do it in one day. So it takes them time to start to build their inventory and build positions for their clients. So they may be taking advantage of this particular, this, this weakness right now in the next couple of weeks or so is probably, we're probably going to continue seeing this weakness, but we'll see what happens after that, because you can see down here, the accumulation distribution line. This is the line that indicates whether institutions are accumulating or distributing, accumulating, meaning buying, accumulating over a period of time or distributing over a period of time. And you can see as the market was falling here after the August peak, the market went down, this drop below its 50-day moving average line. Right now, not only is it above the 50-day moving average, it is significantly above, which means big institutions were accumulating all through this run-up right here, but they haven't really slowed down too much, even with the big sell-off. So again, that's that's why I'm I'm beginning to think that this is a temporary situation. We'll see what happens. Anything could happen naturally, but we'll have to watch it for the next couple of weeks. This is the chart um, that shows, again, we're right at that 4,000 level. As a matter of fact, we closed slightly below 4,000. We got above it earlier in the day, and I thought that we might actually have a chance to close above it, but we actually went down and Touch the 50-day moving average, which is at 39.79, and we hit 39.76 today. It may bounce slightly from here, but the 200-day is right below it. You can see that gray line right there. 200-day is right below it, which is again at 39.40. So it, I think it's very likely we could go down there. We could even make it down to 3,900, which is the next Fibonacci level. So we'll keep an eye on it, but right now the bears are in control. The market is weak and continuing to go down. One of the things that uh, usually makes the market go down or encourages the market to go down or up is the 10-year treasury note. And the 10-year treasury has been moving higher lately. This is indicating that the bond traders believe that the Fed is not done. The Fed is probably going to have more than a 25 basis point raise in their next meeting. Um, I think that's probably going to happen as well. I think the next meeting is March 1st or March 21st. I'm not sure, I'd have to check into that. But if you'll notice this, this is the 10 year at the top and this is the S&P at the bottom. So when the 10 year goes down, the S&P goes up. When the 10 year goes up, the S&P goes down, et cetera, et cetera, rinse and repeat. So we've had a nice rally since the beginning of uh, the year, 2023. January usually is a very strong month. The 10-year uh, treasury has been declining, but then right in the beginning of February, it started to climb back up again, especially right after that CPI number. And the market has been dropping as a result. So that's something that we need to keep an eye on. In addition, it broke this previous high right here. So it's actually broke above 3.9%. And if it's if it continues and stays above that previous high, then the market will continue down and it may actually go back up to these highs over here around 4.2, 4.3%. And that will not be good for growth stocks. So the market may continue lower, like I said, might right into March, I think. So that's the status of where we are right now. Um, doesn't look too good for those that are long, uh, just 
full disclosure, I was pretty much stopped out of everything this week, the end of last week and yesterday for sure. Um, probably 70% of it was with gains and 30% had small losses. So it's important to, if you, if you have losses that keep the losses small. One way to think about that is if you think about a coin flip and you flip the coin a hundred times, everyone knows that they're probably gonna have 50 heads and 50 tails in general. It's gonna be 50-50. But within that, those hundred coin flips, there will be times when there will be clusters of tails and there will be clusters of heads. And that's what happens with trading as well. So it's an important concept to understand because when you start having losses, even if they're small losses, it starts to weigh on you mentally. So it's important to keep your losses small for that reason. It's also important to understand that those clusters typically happen. That's just, no, that's just the way statistics work. So if you have a, a run of losers, keep those losers small because there will also be a cluster of winners as well. And the idea with the winners is you want to keep them, you want to let them run as much as you can. So the last thing I want to talk about before we close out tonight is uh, I did look at the some of the YouTube comments and there were some interesting ones. I, I posted some comments back out there if anyone wants to read those. Um, I'll, I'll try to do that. I usually don't look at the YouTube comments because I'm just, I usually do this for myself mostly and uh, I'm more than happy to share it. It doesn't mean that everyone will agree with me. Many people won't agree with me, which is fine. There has to be two sides of a market. And there are lots of different ways to trade the market, which we'll talk about this weekend with dividend stocks. But one thing that um, that I saw, and I'm going to take this right out of the YouTube channel. Um, the person that wrote this knows who they are, and everyone can go out and read it themselves. So not a big deal. So the question that the person asked was, am I wrong to think high yield savings accounts giving you more than 3% nowadays is telling us that the stock market has not seen a bottom. In my reply, although I need to qualify this a little bit, my reply was no, it's telling you that the economy and banking system is normalizing. Many have become so used to zero interest rates that they don't remember that three to 5% returns on savings accounts used to be normal. And I'll show you what I mean by that in a second. But that used to be the normal, and we're, we're just getting back to normal right now. Even at over 4% Fed funds rate, and even if we get to five or five and a quarter, which we probably will, that's still in the range of a normal market. So we've been, we have been spoiled and become used to 0% interest rates that it's hard to adjust. So then the next response was, I didn't know that was normal. Would that mean stocks will get closer to 10% once the dust settles? So that um, made me think for a second that interest rates have been close to zero for so long, nearly 15 years now, that many folks that are in the market, that's all they're used to. They don't remember when rates were three to 5%. They don't remember when that was normal. So I thought I would give you some information or show you some historical information on what the rates actually have looked like. But I made a comment there over the long term, the S&P usually returns 9% per year. For instance, if you have simply put bought the, the SPY, the ETF for the S&P at the high just before the COVID crash on February 19th, 2020 at 322.53, 
as of last Friday, 217, it was at 407 for a gain of about 26% or 8.7% per year. That's if you had bought in and just started trading and bought the SPY at the peak just before the COVID crash. You'd still be up 26% <clears throat> if you had held it through that whole period. If you had bought the low of the COVID crash on 323 at 213 and sold at the high on 1322, at 470, it would have been a gain of 120% in less than three years. And then I added, but of course, no one is that good. Nobody can can nail the bottom or the top. But it gives you an example. You know, regardless of whether you're buying at the bottom or the top, over time, the S&P will return a good have a good return. The 30-year return for the S&P is 7.52% over 30 years, which includes three recessions and seven bear market declines of 20% or more. With dividends reinvested, the return is closer to 10.5%. So important to remember that. So let's take a look at what interest rates have actually done. Here's a chart that I found going back to 1967. This is a three-month CD rate. So this is kind of in response to that person that said, you know, 3% yields on savings accounts, does that imply the market's going down? Historically, this is what it looks like. And notice from 2010, a little before 2010, right after that 2008 recession, look what, look what the interest rates have been doing. They've just been hugging the bottom and they're only now starting to come back up. So they're, they're up around 3% right in here right now, but that's still far below what the average is. The average is somewhere right in here around 5%. So that gives you a sense over uh, 1967, so 50 years, what interest rates have done. Let's look at the three month LIBOR rate. So the LIBOR rate is a rate that is a lot, a lot of times used to peg interest rates for a variety of things. This is a short term. LIBOR. LIBOR is often used for mortgage rates, which I'll show here in a second as well. In this particular case, the um, stock charts only went back to 2004, um, but I put a line here across the mean, across the middle of this chart. And you can see here that we were above the middle up until 2009. And 2009, all the way up until recently, the middle of 2022, we have been below that mean. So again, we're just getting back to normal, but everyone has been used to this for so long that they don't realize that this is just getting back to normal. A longer term view on three month LIBOR rate, this one goes now back to 1985, I believe. So here you can see again, I drew in the line that takes us up to just about almost 5% where we are right now. Um, and again, this is the, the midpoint at 5%. You can see that ever since this 28, 2008 recession, other than this spike right here up until 2018, we have been well below the mean for a very long period of time. So it shouldn't be too surprising that we're just getting back. Now, the, the Fed is doing it very quickly, and they're doing this faster than they probably ever have before but they are just getting back to normal. So if we still have a strong economy and we'll know more next week when the jobs number comes out, 
We'll know the GDP number comes out uh, tomorrow, so we'll know what that is. Um, if we still have a strong economy, that we should be e easily be able to accommodate rates in this area. Let's look at mortgage rates, which I'm sure everybody on this channel is interested in. So here's a 30-year mortgage. Again, look at what happened 2009. Right here in 2011, it started going below the line, but in 2011, this is the this is the midpoint, by the way, of this whole chart, 4.9%. And it went down below in 2011. So for 11 years, basically, it was below the mean. So it should only be normal that we start to get back to a normalized rate. Yes, it will overcompensate many times. You know, made it up to 7.1, which goes way back here to 2002, and then drop back down again. But the point of all of this is to show what these rates have done over a long period of time. We have we have had a very strange and odd interest rate environment since 2008 for almost 15 years, where the rates have been artificially low. This is a 30-year mortgage rate that goes back even further. <clears throat> this goes back to 1970. You can see the 1980s right here. Some folks like myself actually had a mortgage back here at 12% in the early 80s. And we thought that was normal. We didn't think anything at all of buying a house at 12%. Now we couldn't afford as, as much of a house and the price of houses were much lower. But everyone thought, you can see from mid-70s all the way through to early 80s, mid-80s, really, the interest rates were 10% 10, 10 or above all the way until 1990. So almost a 15-year period where, where the mortgage rates were above 10%. And since then, they've dropped significantly, which has helped the price of houses and helped the market. But you should not expect that we will we would stay down here forever. So since 2010, you can see right here below 4%, basically, below 5% for sure. Um, so for almost 10, 15 years, we go back to the recession, we've been below 5%. So getting back up here to where we are right now, and even a little bit higher, I mean, we could get to 8% and still be in the range of normal for all of this. The whole market, the whole economy is normalizing and it will be painful and it may overshoot uh, both for rates as well as the market itself. However, having said that, even though I, I'm stressing here that we're getting back to normal, what does that really mean for the stock market? So the stock market has also become used to zero rates. And as a result, growth stocks, that are looking towards the future, especially uh, companies that don't have any earnings right now or, or have very slim earnings, they have still done well at 0% at interest rates. Even if we normalize back to five and five and a quarter, which I think is where the Fed is headed, it's still going to, there, there will be an adjustment to earnings as a result of that. So the earnings of companies will need to come down in order to adjust as well to that this new normal, or actually we're going back to the old normal, but adjusting away from the abnormal zero interest rate environment. So that may cause the market to be very volatile 
for quite a while. I still think we're going to have a strong economy. I think that the what's what's going on in the economy is is going to compensate for that. We'll see if that's true. The next couple of months, month and a half or so, I don't think is going to be uh, a great time for the market. So I would exercise caution if if you're uh, playing stocks right now. But that's pretty much what I wanted to share today. Uh, I hope that was of interest. It was kind of in response to the one person asking about the 3% rate. And you can see that 3%, 3 to 5% is really the normal range. We're just getting back to that now. So hopefully that uh, was helpful for everyone. Let me go back and share my newsletter if anyone's interested. I'll be putting this out on, over the weekend. I sent one out uh, with dividend stocks on Monday since the market was closed. So that's what I'm going to focus on this weekend. My newsletter will be focused on different ways of looking at dividend stocks. But if you're interested in joining, just send me an email to breakpointtrading at gmail.com. And I'd be happy to add you to the list. I'll send you last week's newsletter and then you'll be on for next week when we do nothing but dividend stocks. Well, not nothing but, but primarily it will be about dividend stocks. So have a, have a good week. Try to be cautious out there. Um, better times are ahead, I believe. So hope everyone has a great week. Take care.